Okay, good evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for episode 19 of the Jet Blast podcast. Had some pretty cool feedback come in from our last episode with our friend Lori McGee. So I um, appreciate all that. Would love to hear what the rest of you guys think, if you know what your name is or not. So anyhow, um, we, we're going to have a pretty cool show for you guys tonight. So leave what's happening in your world. Oh, man, just keeping busy, as always, chasing children, I guess. Actually, I guess I don't chase them. I just drive them everywhere. I mean, well, I'm a glorified taxi them? for one. I don't know. I really don't want to know. <laughs> Turn them uh, loose. They, ate, they eat too much if you catch them. Um, oh, but no, life's going good. Work's going good. Everything's um, kind of at least moving in an upward direction. You know, I'm down here in Texas, so, you know, we've opened things up a little bit more. And, you know, just trying to seize positive things that are going on not only in the aviation industry, but also kind of in the world around us and where, where we're headed. But, you know, and speaking of positive things, Andy, uh, real quick, man, what's our tree update? I always, I almost forget at the end of every call. So I'm curious real quick, what's our tree update? Ooh, we're going to lead today. As of yesterday, I'm it was leading. up to 276. So we had quite a few, quite a few downloads. Okay. So, we got to yeah, get to that magic uh, 300 number. Yeah. And you know, there's been a little bit of a, uh, on my part, a little setback because we didn't, we didn't plan on the winter and how low the survival rate is. So we're going to, well, we have a lot of trees we planted earlier this year. So we're going to go up and do some weeding and put the teepees over them for the winter time. So they survive and the deer don't eat them. And then in the spring we'll uh, go full assault with however many we need to plant. And that will be the oak sapling. So that will be pretty cool. And I think we got a couple companies interested in sponsoring us. I saw that. That's awesome, Andy. So just real quick, if anybody's not aware, for everybody who downloads the MRO Insider app, or is it just the AOG app? Just, just the app the in MRO general? Insider app, yep. In, MRO Insider app? There yeah. is just one. Okay. Just I was, one. It's the only one you need. This is, good Ooh, point. Good point. Wait, tip. there you go. What just threw that right tip. in there. Um, the Andy, and, Andy and the MRO Insider down. team. She, she probably is. She already's already got it. And actually, she probably told him to sell it. She was text say that. She was texting him right there. Say hey, it now. Um, but they're planting a tree. It's part of a carbon offset initiative that Andy and his team at MRO Insider have been working on. And so every every app equals a tree that's being planted. So we want, and we like to see Andy work. So you know, the more trees, the more work. That's mm-hmm. really what I want. Oh, don't work. think you're getting out of this. <laughs> this this whole delay till spring might involve you more than you think. Yep. Oh, delay till spring. I can do that. It's it's uh, it's, it's gets cold up there. I we've already Oops. said I don't live up cold north. I don't do cold. But no, Andy, good to see you again, man. So. Yeah, we're uh, we're pretty excited. We're headed up next week to do that, and uh, I think I'll be tuning in on the podcast from up there actually and going live on some stuff. Nice. Something cool. But the guest of honor tonight is uh, Scott Ashton, so we're pretty excited to have him. He uh, Welcome, Scott. just joined MRO Insider. Uh, actually, so it's pretty cool to, to have some providers on there for some of our other providers. So um, I'll kind of let him go into what he does, but he is definitely involved in a lot of cool aviation stuff. And he's a fellow entrepreneur and um, understands the highs and the lows there, I'm sure. Uh, so Scott, let's have it. Andy, thanks so much for having me. And Nathan and Leah, I love what you're doing with the podcast and, and I'm really pleased to be on and, and participating tonight. So Thanks. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Okay, so my first question for you, Scott, this is a very technical question. Is it Aerox, 
Arrow X. Oh. How do you say this? Because I kept looking at it and I'm like, I'm going to say it wrong. So I'm just going to ask at the very beginning. So that it way is, I know. It, it is Aerox. Aerox. Cumulus, they call it cumulus granite, right? Like air rocks, Aerox. Oh. oh. Mm. Got it. Got it. Okay. Because I was like, I am not, I'm just going to ask because I know I'm going to get it wrong. No. Nope. Aerox. I got Aerox. it. Yeah. Cumulus, Scott, it, cumulus granite doesn't have the same ring as Scott at Aerox, right? Uh, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so it's a little different, a little different there. Well, welcome. We're really excited that you're here. And uh, just what is, what is Aerox? What do we do? So, what do we talk about here? Yeah, so uh, I, I recently purchased the company. I bought the company uh, five months ago, actually, May 1st. And uh, we're a manufacturer of uh, aviation oxygen equipment. So our, our big product lines are portables, like uh, if you're a general aviation pilot, what you may have in the, in the back of your Mooney or your uh, you know, Cessna or, or, or Piper. Uh, we make oxygen masks uh, that go up to 40,000 feet. So we make... Um, uh, diluter demand masks is our, is our big mask product. Uh, we also have a whole product line of PMA cylinders, uh, mm -hmm. both uh, Kevlar and um, uh, and steel cylinders, and those are for applications that range from um, you know light uh, light jets, turboprops. Uh, we have a couple of general aviation applications on our PMA applicability uh, for for Moonies and and whatnot, and then all the way up to uh, airliners. So if you have a uh, an OEM cylinder and you want a lower cost alternative, then, um, you know, our, our PMA cylinders are, are a great alternative to that. And then we've got a, um, a repair station so we can work on uh, our cylinders and, and regulators and uh, other oxygen equipment. And then we also do uh, highly engineered systems. So we'll do, we do installations for business jet and helicopter OEMs, uh, MROs, EMS applications, and that's a whole system that includes the bottle, the regulator, all the lines, um, uh, purge valves, masks. Uh, so we work with a lot of OEMs on developing those systems and, um, uh, you know, for general aviation and helicopters and a whole mm -hmm. host of applications. A little bit of everything. Yeah, and a little I bit saw, of everything. I saw on your website you have stuff for my dog. So if I take my dog up high enough, I can... Yeah, so that's a that's actually so the dog masks are are super popular and I believe it. Originally, they 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 just integrated with like our portable system. We actually created a standalone system just for the dog. So it's a small <laughs> uh, it's a small bottle with a with a constant flow regulator with a line that that is dedicated for the dog. And uh, we actually just donated one to the Lee County K nine unit down here in Florida. Nice. Uh, and they were really happy to get that and. Cool. Uh, you know, we learned a lot about the about the trauma that dogs can experience while tracking in the heat and whatnot. So we we're glad to help out. Well, it's almost, yeah. I think that's great. It's a multi-purpose. You know, it's not just, yeah. you know, they still, they still need it. No, that was, I was wondering if Andy was going to bring that up because I was like, that is, that is pretty cool. Well, I mean, and ironically, yeah, we just got a, uh, we have a nine month old bloodhound that we just got. And after our previous bloodhound passed away a few weeks ago. So they're the ones that need the oxygen because She's just relentless, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I mean, I, yeah, and if I took her in the plane, I, I think I'd probably rather have her hooked up to like nitrous instead of. <laughs> she, you know, it, 
well, you know, there's probably, there's probably an attachment for that. You can make an adjustment. <laughs> you could do something to change it a little bit. That's really neat. But I think Scott, one of the things when I was looking at what you do and, you know, Andy was talking about, you know, the, the suppliers for his suppliers for his, is yeah. one of the things when, when I talk about aviation, business aviation, regardless of what it is, it's just the, almost like the land of opportunity in a way because there's so many different ways so many different niches that you can find and you know yourself an entrepreneurial mind going things like that you know looking at these kind of different different aspects it's not always just go build an airplane manufacture an airplane there's a lot of things that go into it that you can support and so how and and you did this during covid so i mean i think that's always interesting too is like you know you yeah. did something it just goes to show that business doesn't stop it may not be what we think of as normal but it doesn't stop. So, I mean, where, how did that all happen? So um, uh, a good, a friend of mine, Bill Alderman brought me the deal and um, you know, we, I had been thinking about it for a little while and uh, he was representing the seller, but um, you know, he, he believed that he, th this was a good fit for me. Uh, when I looked at the company, the size of the company, the, the, the technology um, you know, I, I've, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, but always within a bigger company or, you know, it was always somebody else's. And, mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. I've always had that, you know, that, that, that um, lack of fulfillment or, 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 you know, that, that gap there that I always wanted to fill and, 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 and have my own company. And the, the opportunity came along and, uh, you know, we, we, we put together the financing and, and made the deal happen literally from the time that, uh, we first talked about it till the time that we closed was 60 days. Wow. So uh, it was very fast. We did all of the due diligence ourselves uh, with a couple of advisors and uh, we just jumped in with both feet. And uh, you know, your discussion about hard pants, the first time I had worn hard pants in about six <laughs> months was, uh, was, uh, was that first day when, after we closed and I met, um, I met the team and uh, awesome. that was, that was the toughest part of it was having to, put on hard pants and, and go to work. And it's been like that. <laughs> but I mean, you're the boss. Day you don't have since. to do that. You know, you could start a thing. Yeah. Once yeah trust me. Nobody wants to see that. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> know your limitations, so, Nathan. We so know exactly. our limitations. I think it's really awesome, Scott. You know, it's, it's interesting. I think one of the things, you know, when I, when I try to think forward to um, what will we be talking about five years from now? Like, what did you do during, quarantine right and mm -hmm. and and you know some people are going to say well you know I, I you know i had a lot of wine and i did a lot of prime <laughs> and i don't really know what happened and then it was over you know and 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 you went and bought a business i mean i i think that's a i, I just think that's an incredible incredible thing you know i it's uh it's certainly an interesting time so i guess you guys certainly probably had some pause right given the current I there were a couple of times, I, I mean, you know, this is, this is something I've wanted to do for years was yeah, to yeah. have my own, you know, have something that I could put my own mark on. And um, so when this opportunity came along, you know, the, 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 the current situation, you know, I mean, you know, life will go on and, and, you know, especially the aviation industry, I believe very strongly in the robustness of the aviation industry. So I knew that over the long haul, this was going to be this was yeah. going to be the right thing for me and my family, uh, and for our employees. Um, I, I think they were really happy with the with the acquisition when it was announced, and um, you know the, it was scary watching CNBC with the Dow was hitting 
17 five that was yeah i remember those couple of days that was like you know is it going to go to six you know and and uh that was that was a little nerve-wracking but you know we we knew we knew that it was the right thing and uh you know we we structured the deal properly and you know protected ourselves and and it's worked out okay um it was it's been it's been you know anybody who's started or or runs a small business and we have 12 12 employees so i mean we're kind of a typical small aviation business is that uh you know it is it has been really tough um not not you know not with regard to the economy or anything just you know running the business day to day sure um, has been you know and, and you guys know you know you got you're all entrepreneurs and, and run small businesses um it is it, it is a lot of fun but it's it's tough um, but I, I love it. Yeah. I just, I wake up, I wake up earlier every morning, uh, so I can get in and, and, and get at it because, you know, there's so much to do and I'm, I'm very optimistic and, you know, I remain optimistic about the prospects for our business and for the industry. And, um, you know, uh, well, yeah, life is, life is good and I'm loving Florida. So there's def- definitely worse places to be. <laughs> Yeah, Definitely sure. worse places to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I think when people ask, you know, yeah, it's fun, it's fun, but man, they say, you know, some people can't play like no limit poker because of the swings. And that is how, yeah. that's probably the hardest thing for me. And I'm more of like a sales shoot from the hip. And I have like, like, I need your oxygen system on some days. Cause I'm like, man, this is terrible. Why did I even do this? And then the next week, like, this is hey, the greatest thing ever. Hey, I knew I could do it. That's a yeah. great idea, Andy. I mean, that's it. I need one of those at my desk too. Right? <laughs> just, just breathe. Yes. Yes. It's not on a video call, Nathan. Not on a video call. They may freak Whatever out when you do there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but uh, I think I think Daddy, you're like spot on. And I think that you know the highs, the lows, the going back and forth through the responsibility. You know, Scott's got new 12, 12 employees besides his family and everything. So you know that entrepreneurial yeah. spirit comes with a lot of responsibility, not just a lot of drive. It comes with yeah. a lot of responsibility, and so it does. And it's you know, it's I never believed it either, and Scott can probably attest to this too. Like it is really hard to find good employees that will like ride to die with you. Yeah, it's I'm fortunate to have Craig and Perry that have been around forever and my wife doing the, the other things. But, you know, we've gone through enough employees now where you're like, man, it, it, it's hard. It's harder yeah. than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. What I found is that if you have if you have two or three around, that you can surround yourself with who share that ethos and who are, you know, ride or die I, I like that, um, you know, that that's. That you're doing pretty well, and and you can you can do a lot with that. Um, and then you know you just you hire for attitude and, and train for aptitude as best you can, um, and you know share victories and uh, you know it's all all of that stuff around around culture that you know I I spend a lot of time on. And I know you had a you had a um, you had a, a woman a couple of weeks ago. She was a you know a professional coach, and you know that's one of the things that I've engaged as, as a business coach. And um, I know you guys talked about that uh, on, yeah. on one of the last podcasts and, you know, it's, I, I, I wanted to do it for years. And, you know, when I, when I talked to him and, and inter- interviewed him and he interviewed me and, sure. you know, why now, this, you know, the stakes are a lot higher now. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when it's right. your own money, it's your own business. And so the investment definitely became worth it because, just because the stakes are higher now, you know, and, and, and you guys know that running your own businesses. So uh, that, that's been great. Um, it's been great for, for focus and, and just, you know, kind of helping me navigate the path. And, you know, I've got my team of advisors, you know, my informal network of, of advisors, mm-hmm. my, that's who, uh, I've been close it with is. for 20 years who have helped me with this, with this journey. And, uh, you know, that, that makes it, that makes it much easier. Um, you know, cause the last couple of months have been tough, you know, real well, tough, they can, right? They can, definitely, they can definitely talk you off the ledge and it's, you know, I told <laughs> my cousin is one of my mentors that, um, has, you know, is helping us do the tree planting and he yeah. has built this huge company, you know, over a hundred million a year in revenue himself almost with the, like yeah. his methodology and stuff, you know, and I'm like, I just want to sell the company. I'm sick of this crap. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like I've already thought about selling mine six times this morning and it's 8 a.m. Like that's just the way, that's the way, it, the is, way it is, you know, yeah. and it's like to hear people is, that are, man. you know, have at that next level, even, and you're like, okay, I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm but okay. you know what, when you have it, when you have a customer call you up and they're in a bind and you're able to help them and they're just, you know, so happy that, that you're yeah. able to go the extra mile. Well, I'll mm-hmm. tell you that that to me makes it all worthwhile, and every I love every bit of it. I, yep. I love sharing those those little things with the with the team, and you know I've had instances already where people have called me, you know, seven o'clock on a Friday night and said, "Hey, we're AOG. I need something tomorrow morning," and uh, you know I've literally dropped you know dropped everything, dro- you know, drove up to the shop, grabbed some parts, and uh, they sent a driver to pick them up, and we got them going again, and and. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's what being a small business is about. Absolutely. You know, that's what aviation's about is no matter what you get it yep. done. And, um, you know, that's the ethos that, that we share. Absolutely. And that's why I love the industry because the whole industry is like that. It's the, the industry is built on small entrepreneurs and small, you know, uh, individuals who believe fiercely in what they're doing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just, I, I love being a, a part of the small, a small part of that. I, I love just being a part of it though. Well, yeah. you, I mean, we've all talked about the industry many times over. I mean, there's a reason we're still here doing what we're doing. And, you know, that that being able to have that confidence when you reach out to your to your vendors, to your suppliers, to your friends, mm-hmm. you know, to your to your peers, you know, that's what keeps you kind of hanging around is because, you know, you have that yeah. support support system, whether, you know, whether I need a product, you know, Scott, and knowing that I can call your call you up and, you know, you'll take care of it, um, knowing at the same time I can call Aerox and say, Hey, the canine department, you know, <laughs> could use some help. And I think that's, and I've said this before is the aviation and business aviation specifically has never been real good about talking all the good things we do. And there's so yeah, many little things like that. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're very humble when it comes to that. You know, there's a lot of humility. Don't really want to publicize it, whatever the reason is, but you know, um, the, the, the niche markets, I always like, I always like finding out how people find these niche markets, you know, on what, on what it is that they were going to do. And you're like, well, of course it's required. Duh. You know, yeah. so it, you know, yeah, this is an AOG issue or, you know, it's something little, like that. This thing, like, yeah, I just service this bolt regulator thing. That's it. And yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm successful. That's all I do. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's the Gladwell thing, right? I mean, it's 10,000 hours, right? So. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do, um, you know, to grow the business is really raise the awareness of our product, because although it's required, mm-hmm. 
you know, for, for the, you know, the, the oxygen bottles for pressurized aircraft and masks and stuff. You know, if you're a, if you're a private pilot, and, you know, Andy, you've got an airplane, um, you know, if you're not going above 12,000 feet, you don't have to have oxygen on board. Right. right? So if you're yeah. a private pilot or, you know, you just got your instrument rating and you fly a 172, you think, uh, you know what, oxygen is so far from, from what you, you know, from, from what you're thinking about. But, you know, the reality is that, um, you know, even in a 172 or a 182, if you go up to 8,000 feet, you know, having oxygen on board gives you a lot of flexibility. Oh, yeah. Build up and you got to go to 10,000. And, uh, you know, I, I, I actually I flew to Fort Lauderdale last week to drop some, some parts off for somebody. And, you know, coming back, I went up to, I went up to 7,500. And next thing I know, I'm at 12,000 trying to get up over the buildups and I'm on oxygen. I'm feeling great. And, you know, no problem. We go up to 12,000, get over the buildups and, and come back down to come into Naples. And, um, you know, just having that flexibility is, is really what we're trying to get pilots to think about. Um, you know, I call it the, the cheapest bolt-on mod that you can make to your airplane uh, to, to enhance performance. And it, and it really is because if you can get a tailwind, um, you know, and, and, and shave off a couple knots or, or a couple of uh, minutes on your, on your elapsed time or, you know, you go up to altitude, you don't, you don't feel foggy, you don't feel fuzzy. Um, you know, the, the effects of hypoxia are pretty insidious. And, you know, I'm a CFI and a fast team rep with the FAA and been doing a lot of safety seminars trying to educate pilots on that. Mm. And, uh, you know, we're starting to see some success. You know? hmm. Yeah, and I mean, the reality is uh, there's certain times you could get hypoxia, you know, at five or 6,000 feet. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, that's right. So. Yeah, yeah we, we have data from the Flight Safety Foundation that shows that even as low as 8,000 feet, your SpO2, which is your, 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 your pulse oximeter, um, you can go below 90%, which is, which is you know, considered critical. So, um, you know, we're, we're trying to just get the word out. And I think, you know, Apple's new watch with the pulse oximeter on it, I think will help raise awareness of what people's oxygen saturation is. Um, we've got a relationship with Ithra that's got some really cool connected um, instruments for your body. Uh, they've hmm. got a pulse oximeter that goes onto your ear that tucks under your headset and carbon monoxide detector and it all all comes up right on the app and we've got an oxygen bottle monitor that that connects to the same app so um you know i i, I call it the the engine monitor for your body yeah that's and, pretty cool i like yeah, that that's that awesome. is really yeah. neat yeah 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 and it's great products and, and great people to deal with so we're really happy to be integrating their products with uh with ours it just makes perfect sense Wow. You know, I just, just as soon as you said that, all I could think of is like the experience that a, like a light GA private pilot can have now just from an app, mm -hmm. yes. essentially. I mean, whether it's their navigation, now they're monitoring their own health as well as their aircraft health. I mean, that, that's probably a whole other, that's a whole other topic, but you know, I'm just sitting there yeah. sitting there listening to you, Scott, you know, now you've got your eye, your, your Apple watch that's talking to your iPhone that's now hooked up to the sensor underneath your headset on your ear. And now, you know, and it's, <laughs> and we're flying, we're flying an airplane that doesn't have the technology <laughs> of a standard Casio right. wristwatch, right? Yep. <laughs> oh gosh, exactly. <laughs> From 1952 yeah. or even well, earlier, if you're in the so 80s. We've yep. got more capability than the Space Shuttle Challenger did, right? Yep. I mean, we really <laughs> do. 
in some cases, yeah. And I just, but I mean, because you think about the, you think about the aircraft safety, but now you're thinking about your person, the personal, personal safety, you know, what are you doing to optimize, not only optimize, but to kind of take care. Cause you know, you know, I think you brought up a good point, you know, you don't have to be at an, at, you know, 10,000 feet. It starts happening no matter where you are. And if you're used to always being at sea level, if you're a sea level person, you know, and you now you're taking off from somewhere where it's about 5,000 feet up or something along those lines, you're not starting at sea level anymore. So your changes, do you take those into account and do you have something in there to kind of, kind of help you along with that? I don't know. Just well, think, gosh, so many little things to think about here, Scott, you got me, yeah. got me thinking. Good. Thank Good. You. Well, hopefully we got everybody thinking um, because it's a, it's an important topic, uh, the hypoxia and, you know, we've been fighting it for, for, you know, for uh, literally for decades, if you go back through the FAA mm-hmm. literature and, you know, it's, it's funny in the industry, we talk about hypoxia in terms of rapid decompression, mm-hmm. um, you know, time of useful consciousness. But if you're loitering along at 8,000 feet in a 172, you know, if you're there for a couple of hours and you land, you know, you're going to feel exhausted. You're going to have a headache yeah. and you're not going to really know why. And it's your hypoxic. You know, mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. So you throw on the oxygen and, um, you know, it just, you feel great. I, I did it this weekend and, uh, you know, I was at low, I was, I was, I was legal. I was below 12.5. So 91 to 11 said I didn't have to be on oxygen, but you know, as I climbed up past 5,000 feet, I threw it on and well, I'll tell you what I landed and I couldn't believe it. I just, I felt great. I was wide awake and, um, it was, it was a fantastic experience. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, there's a reason casinos have it pumping into the casino all the time, right? Keep you awake and you keep feeding the machines and all that. So that's right. That's a good point. Hey, yep, one of the most sure. popular booths at NBAA a few years ago, I think it was L3 had the oxygen bar. After like that second day, everybody could go and you could sit there. You could, they gave you your own little headset. You sat there, you sucked down your oxygen. Was, I was across from that booth. It was pretty interesting to watch people come. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, you know, yeah, like, was, see, there's an idea for you there, Scott. They had an oxygen booth that they were letting hey, all the participants. Uh, maybe maybe the have a show next year. If we yeah. ever, next time we get to meet in person. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. We could all wear oxygen masks instead of, uh, you know, surgical masks. Yeah, the Rona mask. Yeah, yeah. Mask. We've, we've, we've had we've had some inquiries um, and done some work with some of the OEMs on that actually. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. It's a whole new world of opportunities yeah. here. You never know. Yeah, so, it is. Uh, it's an interesting world. Yeah. Cool. So before before Aerox, what what was what was life like for you, Scott? So what did you do? I mean, you've been in the industry a long time. So tell yeah, us I, I mean, the I, I've had kind of an eclectic um, aviation I love career. That. So I, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so I, I started out as an engineer. Uh, I was working at GE and um, their yeah, you know their jet engine division, um, and then uh, with uh, with engine controls and accessories. Uh, I'm, I actually I did my MBA thesis on fractional ownership and uh, uh, moved to one of the aircraft financing firms in, in, as a marketing director and then got a job um, selling aircraft. I was with uh, Private Air with Dave Hurley mm-hmm. and, um, and uh, that became Gamma. So, uh, so when Gamma bought Private Air, uh, I moved into uh, an aircraft management role and was heading up client relations, aircraft management. Um, Basically, their whole commercial uh, part of the business for the U.S., uh, which was a which was a great role, and then uh, got recruited to run Associated Aircraft Group, which was a helicopter charter company up in the Northeast, running 
uh, when I when I left, we were running 13 S76s, so we doubled the size of the business while I was there, and uh, that was cool. I got my helicopter rating and and met nice. a, a lot of really cool people, and you know, as, as part of that, um, I got I got pretty deeply involved with uh, the well with the with the fight to keep East Hampton open and, and a series of lawsuits and whatnot, which I found to be terribly interesting, and uh, got involved with a group called Friends of East Hampton. Uh, and then uh, the Eastern Region Helicopter Council. Um, so, so advocacy has been a big part of my, uh, big part of my professional career, um, both with East Hampton and a couple of other advocacy groups. And then um, left there and, and went to go run a small accessory MRO. Um, I wanted to get back to a smaller, uh, more small, smaller business. And uh, then uh, this opportunity came along and bought Aerox. So I've done a, you know, a number of different interesting things in the in the business, you know, as I've taken my journey. But this is really what kind of what what I've been working toward my entire career was sure. having this yeah. business um, and and being able to do this. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. And I, you know, the the the, the biggest thing and, and what I try to tell people who you know I'm I'm, I'm mentoring or talking about the business is. The, the thing about this business that I found that I love so much are the relationships that I've made along the way. Um, yeah. that, that has really made this business a lot of fun. Um, yes. You know, and it goes back to, you know, my, my first job at GE, I was at a trade show last year, I guess, and, and ran across my first boss. And it was just such a, such a cool thing to see him. And, uh, you know, the, our, my whole career has been like that with, with people who I've gotten to, to know and, and love and, and have in my life. And as our business cards change, you know, our, our friendships endure. And that's been, a, that's been a big part of the industry for me is, is the relationships. And um, it's really made the industry a lot of fun, um, even, even more so than the airplanes, although I love being around the airplanes. <clears throat> yeah. It's definitely the people I've, I've started calling it, especially now that, you know, kind of isolated, not traveling, not going to shows. I miss my work family. I, yeah, I really do. Great way to put Me it. Too. Yeah. I really yeah. miss my work family because, you know, you've developed these relationships. I'm like, gosh, I don't know if y'all listened to the um, MBAA news hour last week. I'm on it. They asked me about mentors, Nathan. I didn't even get to your name. They started asking me about who is important. I, and, kind of caught me off guard on it it's all good <laughs> and the, i didn't no yeah. seriously but they Andy asked me about no i didn't get there because i started tearing up on my webinar and i'm sitting Aww. there and i was like oh my gosh i got eli's name out it was like done and then yeah. but you start you know as you get further in your career you start really looking back because then you understand yeah. the impact that these people have made mm -hmm. and these relationships that people have made on you and you're just like sure. yeah no i got i got out eli and all of a sudden my nose turns red my eyes start yeah, watering and i'm sitting there on the video <laughs> going oh gosh can they tell so i'm trying not to laugh at the same time yeah. But I'm like, oh, great. This is recorded. Oh, goodness gracious me. But anyway, <laughs> but it's exactly what Scott was talking about. You know, it's that people yeah. and I miss my miss my work family. I miss going out that's there. Great. And that's great that you're able to see your first boss because. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's pretty neat. I'm, I'm young enough to still remember my first sales director at National Flight who uh, worked at Champion Spark Plug. He was like a higher up there. And uh he had to teach me like how to use uh use an expense account you know <laughs> and, and i'm like well like where do i stay he's like well don't be staying at you know motel six or something but you know you got like i didn't know any of that stuff you know so he had to like 
call yeah. me son and take me by the arm and be like, all right, this is what you, do. <laughs> you know, don't, don't eat differently than you do at home. Don't be ordering right. steak every night when you, you know, you eat tuna fish. Well, then you can't be a pilot, Andy. I know. Well, yeah, now $75 meal every, every. All right. And I used to be like, what's the big deal, man. And, but when you own your own company, <laughs> I like grab stuff out of people's hands and give Craig the children's menu. And I'm like, no, dude, let me go where kids eat free. Cause that's yep. what I'm going tonight. <laughs> yeah. It does definitely change your perspective. Doesn't it? It, it does. It does. It does. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's, it, it, it's uh, I think though, to say that it does change your perspective, but I think those of us who have been successful doing things on our own or, or, or with, you know, leading a team as an entrepreneur, however you want to characterize that. I I really think that you kind of already had some of those basic ethos anyway, right? That, yeah. That's, to yeah. your point, Andy, that, that you had somebody right out of the gate that's like, look, dude, nobody, don't sleep under the bridge and eat cat food, but don't stay in the Ritz-Carlton every night. You know what I mean? There's yes. somewhere in the middle here that makes sense and it's fair. And it's kind of like, you know, um, you know, if you're going to get, um, volunteered by Lee Brewster to present at one of her conferences and you're going to get on the stage, you got to know the audience, right? I mean, if it's, you got, it's no different. Um, you know, if you're trying to support a customer or, you know, um, a boss or a different department or everybody's culture. And you used that word earlier, Scott, that's exactly right. Everybody's culture is a little bit different. You just gotta, gotta be able to read the room, figure that out. You know, something you said a while ago that I want to, go back to because I firmly believe it. I've said it on these these webinars before or these podcasts before and I'll continue to say it forever. I just shared this with a client, high net worth individual that's got some airplanes the other day who was asking me about staffing and and you know he's like so I guess we don't have a pilot shortage right now or I guess we don't have a technician shortage right now and on and on and on and on and <clears throat> in some regards that's true and others it's not but anyway my point to him was, look, at the end of the day, we can teach anybody to fly it or fix it. And I know that's going to hurt everybody's feelings that's listening to this, right? And I'm going to get all this hate mail, but it's the truth. I can teach anybody to fly it or fix it. What I can't teach people how to do are to show up on time, be kind, don't be an ass, right? That, right. And have <laughs> just an ounce of common sense. I mean, we, we can't, those are the, you said that earlier, you know, you hire for hire for a culture fit or an attitude, right? Not aptitude yep. necessarily. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. Anyway, I, I just think that's so important. So go so ahead and send me your hate mail. Yes, it's easy to fly it. <laughs> it's easy to fly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we, we, could, we could just take lessons from Andy's grandpa. Yeah, and yeah that's right. What is the problem? Just glide back people. down to the air when it's Dude, you know, you know what, man? My, my great grandpa, this is a real quick story. They broke down in Northern Canada fishing, him and Al Myers, back to their building Myers aircraft in Michigan, went up on this camping trip. My great-grandpa always had uh, Grumman widgeons. So twin mm -hmm. engine, starter goes out, can't get it started. My great-grandpa rigs up the chainsaw motor, starts a chainsaw, and has it rigged up to get the engine going on the plane. <laughs> and I always think of that story of like, man, we're so dumb now. <laughs> like, I was up there crying, and you know, there you go. So that's what you know. That's what my grandpa. That's where he learned from. Yeah. You know. And you wouldn't have well, a sales signal, did. so you'd just be stuck. Yep. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, they didn't have 406 ELTs, so they if they wanted to live, they really didn't have much of a choice. They yeah. had to figure exactly. it out. <laughs> yep. 
But at the end of the day, I think that a lot of people attracted to this business still have that kind of mentality. We have to address it a little bit differently, but I think there's a lot of that, just get it done. We need to get it done. You know, what's the mission? Accomplish the mission. Let's get it done. Let's get it done right, which I think is a big thing. It's because of the safety culture and just the, you know, the Sure, and it's an appropriate safety culture, right? Exactly. And I think it continues to evolve. And I mean, I definitely subscribe to keep it simple, stupid, and just glide back down to earth mindset. But I also think if there's a way we can keep from getting to the point where we had to glide back down there, we should probably try and do that, right? But, <laughs> so, Scott, today I saw something that um, that I wanted to make sure we talked about with you today. So I saw a little bit of a blurb at the end of an AIN press release thing that had your name in it. So tell us a little bit about Aviation Museum and, and what what's happened there, what's happening, and because yeah. I know that's something you're very passionate about. It is something I am very passionate about. So um, for the last 12 years, I've been uh, chairman and president of the New England Air Museum up in, up in Windsor Locks, Connecticut. Uh, and we were actually help, hoping to host a, uh, some aspects of the maintenance conference last year when it was mm. in Hartford and, and didn't get that opportunity. Um, but- It's um, the Lee Brewster maintenance conference. Yeah, <laughs> I know that would have been fun. But um, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful institution. And, you know, we're, we're a little unique in that, um, you know, not only are we an aviation museum, we've got 100 plus aircraft, three, ha- three hangars, 90,000 square feet, you know, all of the attributes of a fantastic air museum. Uh, we've got a, a phenomenal restoration program with 160 volunteers. Wow. Um, we also have a, uh, uh, an accredited STEM education program uh, that's accredited by the state of Connecticut and the state of Massachusetts. And our education program is actually led by a woman who's got a PhD in education. So this is a wow. real honest to goodness, rigorous STEM program uh, that teaches kids, um, you know, the, the, the fundamentals of the scientific method and, you know, um, you know, kids love airplanes. And so, you know, when you bring kids into, into the museum and they've never had really any exposure to aviation um, and you sit them down and you try to, you, you know, you try to teach them, you know, uh, physics or, or the scientific method or how to do an experiment. They are just captivated because this isn't another lesson inside the classroom. You know, they're, they're doing it under the wing of a B-29. Yeah, and, awesome. and I'll tell you, it is, it is just phenomenal. We've taken that education program and, and really, deployed it throughout our entire museum with the programs that we have. We have docents now. Uh, we have education programs for wow. visitors who bring their kids during the week so that they can do, um, you know, uh, uh, all sorts of activities. Uh, the docent program has been a huge success for us. One of the things that we did in our last strategic plan is we looked at what museums were doing with technology. And I visited a few of museums that were very heavy in technology, and I found that the technology was largely never working and was very expensive to maintain. And, I, and we looked at our most popular programs, and they were things like Women Take Flight, Space Day, Open Cockpit Days, and the common element was that human interaction. And so we really doubled down on that and redefined interactivity to be, you're going to interact with people. So, you know, when you, when you go inside the cockpit of, you know, one of our aircraft, you may be talking to somebody from Pratt & Whitney who just helped design the engine, somebody from the Air National Guard who flew that aircraft in a, in a mission. And sometimes we have people who actually flew that particular aircraft. 
Um, so it's, it's, it's really cool. You know, it's, it's the, it's the interaction of, you know, the, the airplanes, um, our STEM program and, and, and the people and, and the people are really what makes, again, like, like everything else in our industry, the people are really what makes our, our museum special, um, the staff and, and the volunteers. So I, I recently stepped down from, uh, as board president. And uh, a friend of mine, Bob Stangerone, who's well known in the industry, took over as president, and uh, he's he's going to do a phenomenal job. And there's great things ahead for the museum. Uh, the, the, you know, obviously the last few months was was tough. We were shut down, uh, so a lot of our revenue opportunities in terms of rentals and um, people coming through the gate, you know, that's been largely shut off. But um, you know, between the board and the staff, we we've dug deep and we got some grants, and people have been very generous and. You know, we've been able to keep the uh, keep the lights on and and you know continue to do our mission, which is to preserve, engage, and inspire. And and to me, that was sacrosanct. And, and I wanted to make sure that we um, did what it took to to open up as fast as possible so that people could come back and enjoy the museum. Um, so you can tell I'm I'm a little passionate about it. It's awesome. <laughs> no, it's a, that's Sound. great, man. No, there's a, you know, the, the museums to be able to go in and touch it, feel it. I mean, we don't have, kids don't have access to, well, people in general, kids don't have yeah. access to airports like they used to. And, you know, you can't just go and do a lot of things. And right. it's museums like this that kind of give that access and that exposure. Um, it's priceless. It's priceless for the industry, but it's also, you know, I think it's just it's just good for kids to know you know they hear things but in so many ways they've become disconnected they don't understand it's very hard unless they experience it to understand what it means to fly there's mm -hmm. so many things we take for granted now mm -hmm. that we don't understand the history of where it goes and, and just the wonder of it so how you know capturing that wonder of where it is and you know our museums you know, regardless of what the content is, but you know, an aviation museum has such an opportunity to do that because there's there's that wonder and that excitement and that drive that kind of brings that that keeps people coming back, and it's it's a key, a crucial part in my mind of that of of building that next generation of brilliant minds. Yeah, right. I, I have right. two favorite moments in, in in the museum. One is when when we have a special event, and, and we may have a thousand people in, in the museum on any given special event day. Like we, in March, before we closed, we had um, our, our Women Take Flight um, program, which is an, an annual program. And uh, it's, it's such a special program. And the women who participate are, you know, super accomplished in, in the aviation industry. And, you know, um, uh, girls from all around, all around the region, you know, they look forward to that every year, Girl Scouts and, and whatnot. And, and so, you know, being, a, being around that, that, just that energy in the museum is, is really wonderful. But, you know, the flip side to that is I, I get, I have had the privilege of being there after hours when you, you're all by yourself and you stand in the middle of the hangar and it's absolutely silent. You take a deep breath and, oh, it's just such a special thing to be around all of those aircraft and, and, and you know, just take it all in. It, it really is cool. Yeah. So kind of two opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of the experience but um both very meaningful nonetheless yeah right on very cool so how can people how can people um contribute and support the museum i, I guess you guys have a website or do you have like yeah so our website is neam.org 
uh, for a New England Air Museum. And, uh, you know, we have, we have programs coming up. We have, we're doing webinars. Uh, there's ways to support the museum through that, um, to become a member. Uh, that's, a, that's another big way to support. And then visit. You know, we're, we're open yeah, for business. There's, there's appropriate protections in place for people. Uh, we've got limited hours, but we've got the hangar doors open and, you know, plenty of ventilation. So, um, uh, you know, come visit us. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely put the, um, the link in the show notes and as well as the link for Aerox and, and your LinkedIn profile if people want to find you and ask more direct questions about, you know, I'm scared to death to be a entrepreneur. You did it in Corona and you don't seem bothered by it at all. Right? So, <laughs> hey, fake yeah. it till you believe okay. it, man. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's my new one. Somebody said that the other day. It's not well, fake it till you, you make know, it. It's fake it till you believe yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, and I don't even know that it's fake it till you make it or believe it. I just think when you know, you know, right? I mean, and yeah, and, and you just have to keep charging yeah. ahead, you know, you just I mean, got to keep going. When, when you own a business, there is always something to do. And, you know, you just, you just do yep. the next thing. And then you do the next thing after that. And the next That's thing right. after that. And, Radio. you know, by, by the time you're done, you know, it's 11 o'clock and you go to bed and you start all over again the next day. And that's what, uh, that's what we all do as entrepreneurs. Amen. I mean, right. So yeah, sometimes seven days a week, so fun. sometimes seven days a week. I was just about to ask you for parting words of wisdom, Scott, and you beat, beat me to it, but that's exactly <laughs> right. It's, you just one foot in front of the other. Keep going. Yeah. It's all you the can next do. right thing. That's all. Awesome. Pretty neat. It's been, it. uh, it's been a very educational, uh, podcast. I think people get yeah. a lot out of it. Thank you. For sure. Yeah, I enjoyed it. For sure. Yeah. Well, Scott, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for sharing your story about Aerox. I think that, uh, I think that you guys have some, some, um, a, a very cool story and, and it's great to see, you know, a small business, particularly in aviation, be successful through arguably the, the worst time since Wilbur, Wilbur and Orville didn't get off the ground the first time, right? So yeah. it's the most bizarre thing <laughs> to ever happen to us. So it's great. Congratulations for the success for the company. And thanks for sharing all the wonderful stuff about the museum and how that, you know, Absolutely. can... Um, uh, you know, add some diversity and new folks to the fold um, for our industry, which I think, you know, you'll find with, with our little band of brothers and sisters here, we strongly agree with. with that. Yeah, for sure. um, so anyway, thanks so much. Um, we appreciate all you listeners out there that have been uh, sharing your feedback with us. We've had tons of folks emailing Lee and Andy and myself offline, direct messages on LinkedIn, um, you know, some really good ideas for show topics. Um, and, you know, not too many hurtful things. Actually, there have been none. We really appreciate you guys. So if you have show ideas, you have some feedback, you have questions for any of our guests, you can reach out to any of the three of us anytime, or you can leave us a voicemail. I say this every week. This is the last week I'm saying it. Nobody leaves us a voicemail. <laughs> you can leave us a voicemail on anchor.fm forward slash jet hyphen blast. Again, anchor dot fm forward slash jet hyphen blast we really appreciate you guys we're over 740 listeners as of this morning or wow. li all-time listeners as of this morning so yeah it, it kind of grew when i wasn't looking kind of like a garden right but anyway, yeah it was just we, like 200 we, yeah yeah we really appreciate all you guys listening and supporting and and supporting all the charities and and i would encourage you to support the new, Eng new england aviation museum 
So thanks, Scott. We appreciate you very much, Lee and Andy. Absolutely, Scott. 